Welcome to Light for the Journey, a podcast of Russell Memorial United Methodist Church. Each week, we open the scriptures in faith that the timeless truth of God will guide us as we seek to follow in the steps of Jesus. This week's message comes from our Easter service. During this global pandemic, as we are unable to meet and worship the way we usually do, it is easy to feel downcast, like the apostles did the Saturday after Jesus' death. Pastor David Cartwright reminds us that, in such dark times, we know that Sunday morning is coming. Just as Jesus told his disciples that he would rise again, God has promised us that he will always overcome the worst the world has to offer. Will we listen and hold on to the hope for Sunday? As we go to our message today, let's open our hearts and minds to the truth that God would speak to us. This morning is a morning of promise. It is not only a morning when we look back to an event that happened about 2,000 years ago. It's a morning when we look forward, knowing that the, the resurrection story is an account that gives us the promise of who we are, who we are in Christ, and who we will be in Christ and for Christ. And it's that message of promise that I hope we hear this morning as we reflect upon the text of the resurrection. And so we read this morning from Luke chapter 24. Excuse me. We'll read verses 1 through 8. And the gospel writer shares these words. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened that while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling apparel. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living one? among the dead. He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Father, in these moments, grant that our ears may be open to hear your voice. I pray, Father, for the grace of your Holy Spirit to speak words of your truth, to speak them in simplicity, with grace, that you would accomplish in our midst and in our hearts your good and perfect will. May Christ and Christ alone be given glory this day, for it is in his name we pray. Amen. We've been journeying through the season of Lent under a three-word challenge, listen to him. A very simple but powerful challenge to really lend our hearts and our ears to hear the word of Christ speaking to us. It is a challenge that we come with today, 
and with the, the voices of the angels saying to the women who came to the tomb, in essence, asking, have you listened to him? Did you hear what he said to you? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Have we really listened to what Jesus has said to us? We, we come to an Easter celebration. I don't know how many Easter's I could recall at this, this time. There have been a lot in my past. And traditionally, I find that my heart tries to put me back to where they were. Could I possibly experience what they were experiencing that Sunday morning? I, I find that I would come up short. I have a hard time imagining that I can truly experience what they were feeling that Sunday morning. But there's one consistent factor that we seem to find every year, and that is that the women and the disciples, men and women, they were all surprised at the news. And on one hand, we say, well, certainly they were surprised. The news of someone dead for three days coming back to life certainly strains the, 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 the boundaries of that which is logical and reasonable and believable. But then on the other hand, we say, should they have not believed it? And the answer to that is, yes, they should have, because he had told them. And so the, the angels come to the women and they say, do you not remember what he spoke to you while he was in Galilee? I think of that question and I kind of reflect on the, the image of Galilee as, as a picture, if you will, of the time that Jesus spent with the disciples, those who were following him, in the normal courses of life. They walked so many places, they took the boat from one side of the Sea of Galilee to another, they spent life together. And so how many were the instances upon which the disciples could look back? They could remember times when he was gathered with, when they gathered with Jesus in somebody's home and they brought to him somebody who was sick and he healed them. Or they could remember the times when they were gathered in the synagogue with Jesus and he stood up to teach and someone would be there who had had a disease and he would heal them and he would challenge the conventional wisdom of the day. Could they look back on times when they were in a boat alone and he would teach them words that they might want to remember? There were so many instances upon which they could look back and remember what he had taught them by word and by deed. Could they remember what he had said? And the reason that is so important when we come to the, to the resurrection text is this. What he has said to you in Galilee, that is in the normal courses of life, will help frame how you come to the difficult times. If you will, what he has taught you in Galilee will help you to understand and to get through how Saturdays come to you. If you'll allow me, Saturday today simply means that time of distress uh, and, and hopelessness that we might uh, experience. If we remember what he has taught us, Saturdays will be different. I was 
walking with my wife yesterday uh, in the park area near where we live, and as we have so often in the recent weeks, it's easy to notice how quiet it is. And once again, I found myself walking yesterday. I try every year on Holy Saturday to think if I could possibly feel what the disciples were feeling that day. I really don't think I can, but I always try. And there was something about the silence yesterday. There was very little traffic, very little going on. It, it speaks to the heaviness that is upon our, our society right now because of the difficult times in which we find ourselves and I thought to myself, how is Saturday different because I know Sunday is coming? It's different, isn't it, when you know that Sunday is coming? And it's very different if you have not that hope. If you don't know that Sunday is coming, if you, if you think that Saturday is going to be the new norm... And there's no hope that it's going to get any better. There's no hope that God is going to do something powerful to redefine things. It's important to hear the Word of God because it helps us to get through the Saturdays that confront us. If you'll allow me, I want to go back to an Old Testament account. You'll find some of the words familiar from the 29th chapter of Jeremiah. There's a, there's a verse there that we often like to quote for obvious reasons. It's the, the 11th verse there in the 29th chapter of Jeremiah where, where the prophet says to the people on, the behalf of, on behalf of God, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans for your welfare and not for calamity, plans to give you future and a hope. We love those words. We've almost romanticized those words. They, they speak to our hearts and we say, yes, we want to claim them, and, and yes, I know God has a plan for me, and it's a good plan, it's a plan that gives me hope. But the power of those words come with understanding the context in which they were given. These words, if you go back to the first verse of the 29th chapter, you'll find that this was a time when the, when the people of Jerusalem and Judah were, were many, many of them were in exile. The Babylonian army had come in, they had laid, laid waste to the land, they had carried so many of the citizens of that land off into exile, and those people needed a message from God. Jeremiah actually sends a letter to them saying, Thus says the Lord to you. Now, you have to imagine how they felt in exile. Hopeless, desperate, God has forgotten us. Things have not worked out the way that we had hoped. This is going to be the new norm. We might as well just give up. And this is, God says, speak these words to the people. Let me read, if, if I may, verses 4 through 7, where it actually says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the, become the fathers and sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters. And multiply there and do not decrease. And seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will have welfare. In essence, the prophet is saying on behalf of God to the people, this is not going to be 
your, your constant abiding. You have to understand that this is your Saturday, but there's a Sunday coming that will be putting it in our Easter terms. God is saying to them, don't give up. Don't just think that all things are hopeless. Take courage. This is only temporary. And because it's only temporary, you need to act like people who have not died. Act like people who are in life. Live there. Live and prosper there, even though it's not a place that you want to be. It completely redefines how they see where they are. And God says to them, where you are is only temporary because my redemption is going to come. It is the very same kind of message that Jesus has tried to bring to his disciples. That when you enter into Saturday, remember what I've told you. Sunday's coming. These things are going to happen. Now, we don't always know how long Saturday is going to last. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to be handed over and I'm going to be put to death, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. Jeremiah told the people then, it's going to be 70 years. They knew how long. We don't always know how long Saturday is going to last. That's not the point. God says, the resurrection says to us that when you find yourself in the midst of Saturday... Live as though it's Sunday. Live as though you are people of life because we are Easter people. We are people of life. We are not people who have no hope. We are not people who are supposed to live in distress and hand-wringing. We are people who are supposed to live as if God is not finished yet. And I think that speaks to where we are today as well. So, so often we find today that there, there's hand-wringing going on. And it's reasonable. We don't know how all, this, all of this is going to work out. And those questions stretch about you know, societal issues, economic issues. We don't want to chase those things down to today. Some of those issues have to do with the church. There, there are many people who are really looking at the consequences uh, that, that are going to come upon individual congregations because of what's happening today with church, you know, the church doors having to be closed, what impact is, going, is this going to have upon us? And those are good questions to ask. But we do have to remember that there's a difference between what happens to congregations and what happens to the church. Because the promise that Jesus has given is the church never fails. The church will always be victorious because the church is a body of people who have passed through the grave with Jesus and stand on the other side of it. We look at the grave and say, you have no power over us. God has given us victory and we stand in that victory even if we find ourselves in a season like a Saturday when it feels tough and we don't know how it's going to work out. We live as people of hope and life even when it's Saturday. Now, congregations, we'll feel, we will feel the marks. Some congregations may not make it through this. We, we acknowledge that. 
but the church will always stand. And for the congregations that come through it, we, we will probably come through it just like Jesus did. With his resurrected body, he had the marks in his hand, did he not? Look in my side, there it is. He bore the marks of Friday, but he stood victorious on Sunday. That is the kind of promise that we claim. It defines who we are as Easter people. We even carry that into our personal lives because every one of us will, if not already, find ourselves in those seasons when we, when we feel like it's a Saturday. It's a, a, some kind of family hardship that has come upon us, uh, circumstances beyond our control, whatever it might be. God, have you forgotten me? God, how am I going to get through this? And God's Word says, don't forget what I've promised you. I've not forgotten you. I will walk with you. And somehow, even if you come through it with scars, you're going to come through it with the victory that I claim. That is what the Easter message is about. Not just something that happened so many years ago. A message that defines who we are in the midst of trying circumstances, circumstances that would make us feel like we have no hope. We stand as people of life and possibility. That's the Easter message. And the question for us today still is, have you been listening to Him? Because Easter reminds us that God always keeps what? His promises. Does he ever fail on one? Never. Never does God fail in keeping his promises. The Roman people, the Jewish leadership, everyone who was opposed to him thought they had him down. And on Sunday morning, Jesus stood and says, you have no power over me. And the promise of God was fulfilled. If he kept that promise, do you not think he'll keep every other promise that he's made to us? I think that's an important question because we are people who need to stand on the promises. I thought about that as I thought about all the promises. When you go back through the text, and again, have we been listening to what the text says to us? So many places in the text of the Bible we find promises that Jesus has given to us. And we could be here all day listing them. I don't want to do that. But I did pick out a few that I think might be important today. There's a promise that Jesus gave to us in Luke chapter 18. And I'll share those words with you. The question for us might be, is it worth following Jesus? Is the sacrifice that we make worth it to give our lives over to following Jesus? Well, think about this promise. The disciples had questioned him about this, and he says in Luke 18, verses 29 and 30, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who shall not receive many times as much at this time and in the age to come eternal life. In a nutshell, Jesus is saying, you can't give up more than what you're going to get back. And I would even say exponentially 
you will receive more than what you ever gave up to be my follower. From our perspective, we, we say, oh, what's it going to cost me? What do I have to give up if I'm truly going to be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ? And Jesus says, you, you won't even remember what you gave up. What, I give, what I'm going to give you back will far offset anything you sacrificed. Is it worth it to be his disciple? Absolutely. And we can take that to the bank. Well, if I become his disciple, then how do I know that he's going to walk with me? How do I, how do I know that he's not going to just abandon me? Consider this promise found in John chapter 14. This is not the only place in these chapters where John speaks of the Holy Spirit, but uh, John 14, verse 16, records Jesus saying, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth. Jesus says, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to give you another gift. I'll ask the Father and the Father will send the Spirit to you. And he says again in verse 26, The Helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Have you been listening? You won't forget. Because if you've been listening, the Spirit is going to bring all that back to you. We have the assurance as we walk these paths of discipleship, we don't walk alone. He has us. He's going to hold us. He's going to fill us. He's going to help us through every circumstance that confronts us. We have a promise that he is going to be with us and in us. And if he made the promise, he's going to keep the promise. Well, how do I know that I can trust him with, with my eternity? How do I know that if I trust Jesus that I'm truly going to uh, be okay in the future after I die? Consider again what Jesus told his disciples once again in the 14th chapter of John. And he began in this way. In my Father's house are many what? Mansions, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And, and see here's the rest of the promise. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Now I want you to picture the risen Christ standing outside of the tomb or standing by the Sea of Galilee saying, do you believe my promise? I'm going to keep it. And I'm going to make a place for you in my Father's house. If you trust me with your life, that place is going to be for you. And I'll make sure that you end up in that eternal home. These are just, just a few of the many promises that God gives us through Jesus Christ. And God is going to make good on every one of them. And Easter tells us that he's going to do it. No way, nothing is going to stand in his way. 
And so we ask ourselves the question again, have you been listening to him? Do you understand the promises that he's given you for the living of your life? Do you understand how, how embracing what he has taught you will reshape every challenging season that comes to you in life? Because if you understand what he has said, when you get to Saturday, you will not live as if every day is going to be Saturday. You will live on Saturday knowing that there is a Sunday coming. And you will live in the Saturdays of your life with the fullness of possibility and hope. You will be people of life even in the most hopeless situations. And I ask you today, do you trust him enough to give him your life? Do you trust him enough to surrender your all to Jesus? He gave his life for you, and he stands resurrected as a promise to give you life. He gave his life for you. Would you live your life for him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the victory over the grave. We thank you for Jesus alive now and forevermore. And that you give us the promise of entering into life. Lord, we know that abundant life is a promise that you fulfill in our lives right now. We don't have to wait for it. Although we know that one day when we pass through death, that we will enter into your home of eternity. But God, we pray that we, you would help us to truly listen to your promises, truly listen to the things that you teach us in your word about who we are as resurrection people, so that when we come to the most difficult and desperate days, that we may live in fullness, and that people may see hope through us and see peace within us that your glory might shine now and always. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his promises. We thank you that we stand secure in those promises now and always. For it is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. We're glad that you chose to spend this time with us in God's Word. You can catch our worship services online at www.rmumc.net. May the Lord grant you the light of his truth as you journey through this day.